Bokertov, today's daf is daf Chaf Hey in Beitzon. Again, we learn for a Forshlin for Yosef Israel Ben Chaim Michal. From the top of the page, the second line, Omarava Bar Rav Huna Omarava. Socher MSMI, we learned that you're not allowed to capture, trap, uh, hunt for animals on Yontif. The food, they have to be prepared before Yontif. You can slaughter them on Yontif, but you can't, you can't catch them on Yontif. So let's say a Socher Mesamayim person has a channel of water or pond or something and he dams it up before Yantif so that uh, no new fish, let's say, can come in. Mayor of Yantif, he dammed it up before Yantif. And the next morning, Yishkim and he found fish there. Mutarim, because the fish that he had dammed up that were already in the pond were already prepared before Yantif because he closed it off. And they said, whatever, basically, Erev Yantif, he said, fine, whatever's in the pond, those fish I'm designating to use on Yantif. And no other ones could have come in because he dammed it up, he closed it up. So um, that's okay. Amrav Chista, Medivir Ramenu from, this is Rav who said that. As we'll see, Rav Huna, Rav Chista, and um, Rav Nachmur, all Tamidim of Rav. So Rav Chista says, from Rabbeinu, from our Rebbe, from Rav, we've learned, Ilmo, we can also deduce from there that Chayesh Akarnabaparis, let's say he had a wild animal, like, you know, an und- undomesticated animal, like a deer uh, that's Mutzerti that you're allowed to shech. But if it, if it nested in an orchard, a closed-off orchard, it doesn't have to be prepared because just like if you closed off the fish, the fish pond, uh, the fish in there are considered prepared. Same thing here, too. When, in, when, a, uh, when a, an animal, uh, deer, let's say, nested in the pardes, uh, also doesn't have to be prepared. It's considered prepared. Not clearly there's a difference between the two cases. In one case, he did something. He dammed up the pond. Here, he didn't do anything. The animal just came in by itself. Either though, but so we're gonna we're gonna mention that difference. But that's what Rav Chista said. From from Rav, you can see this. You can do this. Amr Rav Nachman, Nafal Chavan Barav. So Nachman said because there's a problem. Uh, my friend, my my colleague Rav Chista, who's also a student of Rav, he fell into a big problem over here. This is a big machlokas. There's is a. Uh, not such as a big pulmus, whether that's okay. The animal just walk, coming into the pardes and staying in there, is that considered captured? Well, we'll see. He could have some story that the story is slightly different, that Rav Barafuna said it, not that Rav Chista said the original uh, original Medivar Rabbeinu, but Rabba, the son of Rafuna, Rafuna was also a student. Rafuna, Rav Nachman, Rav Chista were all students of Rav. And Rabba, Rafuna's son, said, Medivar Rabbeinu from Arebi, Rav, we know more that Chai Shekhan, but see, ain't the same thing that a he said that it was the same thing that Rav Chista said, but here we said the Rabbi Rafuna said it, that if a wild animal nested in a pardus, that's considered, before, before uh, uh, Yontif, it's considered as if it's captured already and doesn't have to be prepared, doesn't have to be designated that he's going to use it on Yontif. On Rav Nachman, and to this Rav Nachman said, right, not that, Rav Nachman said, not that my colleague Rav Chista fell into a big argument over here, but rather Nafal Bar Chavrin, the son of my Chavrin, the son, meaning Rafuna, my Chaver, me and Rav Chista were all Tamidim of Rav, well, Rafuna's son, Rabba, the son of my friend, the son of my colleague, fell into this big machlokas Rabba, because it's not a simple thing, he fell into, it's a big discussion, as we'll see right now. What's the problem? As we mentioned, Hassan Lok of Maisa, in the case of the animal that just uh, wandered into the Pardes, you didn't do anything, you didn't prepare it, why is he considered prepared? Why is it prepared? You didn't do anything. Hachak of Maisa, in the case of the fish pond or the channel of water, the lake, you 
you dammed it up, you closed it up, you stopped it up so that no new fish could come in. So there you did a ma'ase, you did an action, and you could say, fine, I, by closing it off, you prepared the fish that were already inside, and the ones outside, you're not going to have because you closed it off. But over here, the yam went by itself. And, 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 and so therefore, it should require preparation or designation that I'm going to use that animal on yantif. As we learned before, that everybody holds, you have to prepare the food from for yantif, you have to prepare for yantif. Yes, you can shecht and you can knead and bake and things that you have to do on yantif, but the food has to be prepared, you have to have it set aside before yantif. It needs simon. It's like more of a low boy simon. And again, uh, so in the case of uh, just like the fish, he prepared it by doing an action. And in the case of the wild animal wandering into the orchard, he didn't do anything. The low boy's even doesn't really require him, doesn't need designation. But time you learn, you have to designate it. If he comes in, he nests in there. It's not enough that he just walked in and then you could shecht it the next day. You have to designate it and say, I'm going to use it tomorrow. The next day you have to prepare it. Similarly, with seeper drawer, a wild bird. Seeper drawer means like a free bird, a wild bird. Sometimes they call that a swallow. It's a small bird. You've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to tie the, uh, its wings. You don't know, these birds are very small, and uh, the mother and the uh, child look the same size. So you might, you might make a mistake. If you're preparing a, uh, this bird that you want to eat the next day, you better make sure you have some sort of a designation. Make sure you have a sign that you get the right bird. You better tie up the uh, wings so that you don't uh, mix it up, you don't mistake it for its mother or for any of the similar birds. The great Tanoim, the, the great Geirim who were Tanoim, they gave this Adis. So what do you see? That a Chaya that, that nested in a Pardis still requires Zimun. Not like Rav Nachman or Rav Chista tried to deduce from Rav's words. Tiftetzaktasha on what they said. Okay, so apparently you do need Zimun. Says the Gemara, me boy Zimun. Does it really need semen? Now we're going the other way. Does it really require designation? They both agree. Let's say you uh, set aside, we had this before, halacha before. Let's say you uh, designated certain birds you were going to eat, and um, they were in this nest, nest A, and um, the ones from B you didn't want, from nest B you didn't want. You designated the ones in A. So the next day you come in Yontif morning. You say you find these birds not in the nest, but in the front of the nest. There's a little platform, a little uh, ledge outside there. Uh, you can't take those birds. Shasurim. They're also because we're afraid they'd be these birds. These aren't the same birds. They came from somewhere else. Medvarma, more and when does it require designation? Beyone Shovach. Let's say doves of a chicken, of a coop of some sort, like of a Beyone Aliyah, or the doves that are in upper chamber, like in a birdhouse of some sort. Or in, even in a house, or birds that that had a, that nested in a certain spot, either in a, in a coop of some sort, in a birdhouse, uh, or or they nested in a tfichin we had yesterday. Tfichin is like a pitcher-shaped vessel used as a nest, or or in pits. Avalavzim the tanagom, let's say geese and um, hens, vione uh, desos or Herodian doves. These are like domesticated ones. pardis. Or a chaya that nested in the paris mutarm dein srichan zimun. So here we see the other way. Apparently, not like shmayin of talion. This here he says ain't dein srichan zimun. This apparently gives credence to what Rav Nachman of Chissa said before. 
Vitsipurdori goes on to say, Tsipurdori said like we mentioned before, because like we mentioned before, you shouldn't mix it up with its mother. You have to make some sort of a sign, tie it up so you know, like you put a little bendel on it or something, tie it up or make some sort of a mark so that you know which one you designated. Let's say they are tied or they've been handled, shaken uh, in the pits or in houses, in Babatim or Shichan, or in trenches, Morrison caves, Mutaran, because those have been designated. If they're on trees, don't take them. Why? The reason there is, even on Yantim, you're not allowed to cut down a piece of, a piece of branch of the tree, so uh, don't take them if they're on the tree. But the point is, if they've been designated, that's okay. And he says, This is a steer with what we had before Shemayim And he goes on to say, Anyone, any birds that you find that have been tied up in some way, or they've been obviously handled in some way, that means that somebody laid claim to them. So that means you can't take them because somebody acquired them from Hefker already. From, it was like they were abandoned and then claimed. And the Allah Harashi says that Hefker is Niknebag Boss. Somebody picked it up and handled it or tied it in some way and left some mark on it. So it belongs to them. He's just telling you another Allah But the point is, the Rikashi is that we said before, uh, from Shemayin of Tayin, that Chayin Shekar of Aparas Tzrichel is Amin. You have to designate it, and here you see you don't have to designate it. Amar Nachmal Kasha Habava Ima. We speak about the the child or the mother. The mother has to be designated because it might run away. The child won't run away because it's uh, it's afraid to run away. It doesn't ain't a chol of roch, and uh, so therefore, if it's the child in that nested in the in your pardes, it's not going to go anywhere. So you could de- your designation in your mind is good enough. But if it's the mother, the mother might run away. So designation isn't enough. You actually have to capture it. How about if it says, Why do you say then? You say, one's the daughter, one's like the child, the small animal, and one's the mother. The child will stay there. But the mother, you, you can make, uh, the, 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 I mean, the, right, the child, you make zeman. The mother uh, might run away. So zeman isn't enough. And even if you made zeman, in other words, you're saying for the child, you don't have to do zimun because it's, uh, if it's there, it's not going to run away. The mother needs zimun, right? <laughs> and is zimun enough? Say to Malyasabah, you have to capture it. It's not enough just to say it's, uh, I'm going to beg. You have to actually capture Otherwise, you're capturing it on Yantav, which we said you can't capture fish, anything you can't capture on Yantav. We're talking about the child. In other words, it's very simple. We're talking about the child. The mother, you're right, he has to be captured. The child doesn't have to be captured. Does it need zeman or not? So it depends. If it's near the city, so the guy knows, he's, he know, he's familiar with the garden. As soon as he sees the animal in there, that's considered good enough. He doesn't need to, he knows where it is. Yadabarash says, Vadaitil, he's thinking about it, even if he didn't designate it specifically. But if it's not near the city, then he's got to designate it. So that's the difference over here in this halacha. And therefore, Rav, Na, Rav Chiston, Rav Nachman said, that uh, only if it's a small child of Vlad that it's not going to run away. But if a, one can run, if someone can run away, it's got to be captured properly, and and you can't use it on Yantif without proper capture. Now, <clears throat> the halacha is that an animal that is in danger of dying doesn't necessarily mean that it's a trefa. Trefa means that it's got a mortal wound. Here, if it's just old and it's uh, sickly and might die, you can still shecht it and eat it. So let's say it's Yontif afternoon, you've finished eating, and you don't need any more food. But, um, and, and you've got an animal here that might die, you want to shecht it, otherwise it's a total loss. 
you want a shecht to be able to eat it. So he says, look, so the mister says, behemoth is a behemoth that's in danger of not you shouldn't shecht the elem kenye shos biyom lechol bimena kazayasli. Unless there's enough time in the day, you could still roast at least a kazayas and eat it. If there's enough t- time for you to roast the kazayas of this animal and eat it, then you could shecht it. In other words, you've already eaten already, but because you don't want to lose it, you're going to shecht it and you'll eat a little bit. So if, you, if there's enough time in the day, to roast the kazayas and eat it, then you, you may you may shecht it. Rabbi Kivomer, afil kazayas chai mi beis fichas. So obviously you have to. There has to be enough time in it and able to eat it uh, to eat that that part. Now you can't shecht it for nothing. But if you're talking about shechting it for that day, we're not talking here about an erev tashilin or the next day for Shabbos. We're talking about for that very day. So if there's enough time that you could eat it, so again maybe because orcha might come or you might eat it yourself. So uh, if there's enough time of day for a kazayas to be roasted and eaten, it's good enough. Even a kazayas of, of raw meat, an olive's bulk of raw meat from the um, from the neck, the place where you cut it, right there, without having to do any uh, any flaying, any skinning the animal, chopping it up, anything. Just take a little piece right there. If there's enough time for that, meaning it's right before shkia, but there's enough time after you do shkia to take a little piece from there, wash it off, and eat it. That's that's okay too. Let's say you shecht it out in the field. Some Parshim say, talking about shechting any animal. Uh, the Parshim Pshat is that he shechted this animal that's Masukan, that's gonna, that my dad was out in the field. Probably he went out to the field. He saw animals alive, so he shechted it. He shouldn't bring it into town in, where people would see it in a, in, a, in a public way, the way you do it in the weekdays. Meaning, bemote on a big stick on poles, vumuta is like on a yoke where two people have to carry it. Don't do that because that's uvda It Looks like you know. Looks like you're just processing meat. It looks like you're working a regular workday. I think maybe you can bring it in your hand. Evarim limb by limb. Then it's okay because then it's obvious that you're using it for yontif and it's all right to do. The pasuk tells us when a carbon ola has to be flayed, it means skinned and cut up. That's how you bring it. And then you put it on the mizbeach. Void then looks up. The same thing for butchers. Butchers. He's telling you butchers should also. Uh, skin the animal, right? Take the take the hide off and cut it up, and only then should you eat it. Go ahead and lick suffer. Same thing with butchers. Mikanam the Torah takers from here. The Torah taught you good manners. You shouldn't eat anything. You shouldn't eat the meat. You shouldn't eat any meat before the animal has been skinned and cut up. So the Gemara says, Mike Mashmon, what's the Kiddush in that? Is it simply telling you good manners? You know, don't don't go grabbing the meat, cut it up first, do it nicely, be a mensch, do it slowly, have patience. Is that what he's teaching me? Or is he telling me a halacha that you must do actually to make sure that there's that there's no trephus? In other words, a stam animal, if you shechted it, most animals are kosher. Go basarov, most animals are kosher. Uh, and uh, if let's say the lungs and the other parts that could the the inner is the part that could have a puncture that could invalidate it, made a trephus. Let's say they disappeared. You weren't able to get them. You could be. You could depend on the rove. Most cases, it's kosher, and you could eat it that way. So maybe he's telling me otherwise. Maybe over here he's saying you shouldn't eat it until you've flayed it and you've cut it up to make sure that there's no uh, no damage, that there's no mortal wound in there. When an animal's alive, it's if you eat something from there, it's it's you're not allowed to eat it. So it's a chazaka that it's also. Until you know that it was slaughtered. If somebody slaughtered, a kosher butcher came, a shochet came, and he shechted it, nishchata, once it shechted, it's considered mutter, in other words, 
Technically, you could eat it right away. You should check it afterwards to make sure that there's no uh, no no the no parts of the lung have been punctured, no no other things that would make it a trefa. But the assumption is that it's kosher until you know that it's treif. If you don't know that it's treif, you don't have to assume that it's treif. So Rafuna says, therefore, you don't have to cut it up first and, uh, you know, skin it and cut it up, make sure that there's no holes there. If you ate it first, if you ate it, it's okay, because you can assume as soon as it's slaughtered that it's okay. You're supposed to check it afterwards, but if you didn't, it's also kosher. So Rafuna says that you don't have to cut it up first. So what's this halacha Rami Barama is teaching me? Oh, just like by an Ola carbon, you have to uh, you have to skin it first and then cut it up and 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 then put it on the mizbeach. The same thing butchers have to do. The same. He's just telling me good manners that you should do that, or is he telling me halacha that if you didn't do it, you can't eat it because it might be trefa. But nonsanan, how could you say he's excluded from Rafuna? Is is Rami Baraba excluded from Rafuna? We learn a mission about tanan mastisin. Our mishnah says like like Rafuna that tanan bekibomer. I feel kazai is chaimi based fichasa. Our mishnah said. At the end of the Mishnah, that if the animal was sickly and you was in danger of dying and you shechted it, you could shecht it on Yantav as long as you're able to eat even a little piece of meat from the part that you slaughtered, even though you didn't flay it yet, you didn't skin it, you didn't cut it up. As long as there's enough time to take a little piece of meat right from the base shechita, right from the neck and eat it, that's good enough. My love doesn't it mean from the place where you shechted it? Meaning that it wasn't flayed, that you could take it right there, it doesn't have to be flayed, it's right there, it's open. The neck wound is open where you cut it open. It doesn't have to be flayed first. Flayed is on the rest of the animal where the hide is, but over here there's no hide. Just take a piece and show. So what do you see? That um, from our mission, it seems like Rav Huna, that the assumption is it's kosher. You don't have to, you don't have to cut it up first to, to determine if it's, if it's, if there's no trephus there. So my, doesn't mean best from the place that it uh, consumes and digests its food, meaning he says we here, eat it from the inside, meaning you first should cut it up and get to the inside. When the Mishnah says, it could be when the Mishnah says, Bezerla, uh, that Rabbi Kiva Omar, Afilu Kizai Smeet he doesn't mean from the neck, he means from the place where the food uh, gets digested inside the stomach. So you've got to cut it open first. Now, I have a ton of Rafiya Mokum said, no, that's not the Pshat. Pshat doesn't mean from the place where it's digested, like Tobah here means to cut it up and digest it. It means literally from the neck. So therefore, our mission is obvious that you don't have to flay it first in order to flay it and cut it up in order to eat it. El Ramba Ura Orachar Kamash. He's just teaching us good manners. Good manners. Do things properly. Don't be a glutton. Like we say, we learn in Brisa, person should not eat garlic or uh, onions. Uh, shouldn't eat garlic or onions. Merosha from the top. Like gunning, elame olive. In other words, from the side, peel off the, uh, uh, you know, peel peel off the uh, leaves of it. You know, the shells, whatever, uh, one by one. Eat it nicely. Eat it slowly. Don't grab it and eat it from the top. If you ate it from the top, a and you're considered a glutton. Don't drink your whole cup of wine or your drink in one gulp. You know, just in one shot. raise a gargan. Here also, you are considered like a drunk, like a, you know, like like, like a slob. Uh, just like a drinking person. Shouldn't do it that way. So he's just telling you good manners. The same thing here when it comes to meat. Don't just go grabbing pieces of meat. Cut it, flay it first, and cut it up properly. If you drink your cup in one shot, in one, one gulp, you're considered a drinker. If you did it in two, that's the prayer to do it. Drink half and then drink another half. Shlosh, if you're doing it very slowly in three, that's considered arrogant. Rami Baraba 
told us other halachas as well. Mama Barab was the one that we started with. He told us about eating, uh, you know, that you should flay it and, uh, and cut it up first. He tells us other halachas here also. He says, listen, chatsuva mekata reglandirashev. Um, chatsuva was a plant, some call it ivy, some call it other, something else. It was kind of a plant which Yoshua used to, to, uh, to give the boundaries of Eretz Yisrael and the boundaries between the tribes because it, it grows straight down. So this chatsuva will, will sort of be, will be the prosecutor for Rishon who steal other people's property because it knows where the property is. In other words, the fact that, it, that this, this plant uh, is a demarcation uses, is used to, de, to to mark the boundaries as a demarcation line because it goes straight down. That will cut off the feet of the Rosham Lasud Lavo when they will be judged for stealing other people's property for you know for being masik vul for moving over moving the boundaries over and taking other people's property. Similar similarly in the tia a uh, tree which you're not supposed to eat the, as Arla for the first three years. In other words, take your time. Don't eat right away. That will cut off the feet of the butchers, who, the, it's Katsav, uh, for not waiting. In other words, those who eat right away uh, before Hefshet Manitoch, before skinning and cutting it up. And uh, you learn from there, from the tree, you're supposed to be patient. Wait a few years, you know, wait three years. Same thing, the, the butchers who don't wait to cut up the food first properly and just grab pieces, that will, that will be their punishment will be. Like, why couldn't you be like the trees? Who, like the rules about the trees, the boy need us, boy need us, uh, because they can't wait. They, instead of waiting for the woman to go to the, to the mikveh, uh, they don't wait. And why can't they wait? They should learn from the tree. You have to wait three years to eat the, to eat the fruits. The same thing here, you should wait properly. To Musa, lupines. Lupines are a kind of a vegetable uh, plant that are very sour, very bitter, and but if they are cooked seven times, then they become sweet and people use them for a dessert. So that Makata Reglan, the Sun said that will cut off, so to speak, the Jewish people who went after Avodazar after seven different Avodazars and they still weren't good Jews. The Tumisa, even though it started off being bad and bitter, but after seven times being cooked, it became sweet. So why couldn't we be like that? Shnemer says, "Vayisif ben Israel lasus harab ben Hashem ben Israel continued to do bad in God's eyes." Vayaftus abolim they served and lists here seven different avodazaros: abolim v'sashdaros v'salei elohei Abraham v'salei Yitzchak v'salei Moab v'salei ben Amon v'salei Pishtim served all those gods. Vayazvu Hashem and they they forsook God, loved and they didn't serve Him. So in other words, again, they we should have learned from the Tormusa after seven. You know, it's bitter at the beginning. After seven times, it finally turned good. We didn't turn good even after seven, even after serving seven different gods. Mashmishnim vayazvos Hashem says they left God. They forsook God. Any day love that they didn't serve Him. What does He teach me? Hashem told me even like even like this lupine. that you they boil it seven times. And then they eat it for dessert, it becomes sweet. My children didn't even make like that. Even after seven times, they still didn't listen to me. They still didn't turn good like the lupine. Why was the Torah given to the Jews of all people? Because we accepted it, but why was it given to us? Because we're chutzpahdik. We're impudent. We're tough people. So the Torah, Rashi explains, if we're not learn Torah, we should learn Torah. It weakens our strength. And, and makes us humble. So the Torah was given to us because we're such chutzpahdik, like Am Kshayorif, we're tough people. Hashem, Hashem gave us the Torah to soften us up and humble us. The Pasuk says, 
like we're going to lay right in a few days. Mimi no eshes from his right hand, from his right hand, eshes a fiery law was given to us. They're roy, they're tough people. They need a they need a law of fire to to straighten them out. You can have some say the same shalelu esh. The ways and nature of these Jewish people is like fire. Had we not been given the Torah, nobody could have stood in front of us. Nobody could have stood against us because we're such tough people that the Torah softened us up so that people could take advantage of us. Had not given the Torah, we would have, we would have uh, outfoxed them all. There are three who are very impudent. Who are they? Yisrael, among the nations, Yisrael is the most impudent. Among, among wild animals, the dog is the tough one, is the one, the chutzpahdik, the tough one. Tarnagobofus and the rooster among birds. Yeshom says, even a goat among, among animals, among, among uh, um, small animals or light animals, uh, the, uh, the, the goat is the, is the chutzpahdik, is the impudent one among behemadak. Some say even the caper bush among trees. And Rashi says, Lo yadati mau what's, what, is, what, what is its uh, impudence? Well, how is that impudence? We can understand animals act in a certain way, right? The, uh, the rooster among birds, the dog among animals, the Jews among the goyim, and even a goat among, uh, other, among sheep. Let's say the goat is tougher than, than other smaller animals. But what does it mean by the, by the salaf, the caper bush and the trees? That's not clear. Shechta besor So he said, once you shechted it besada, not shachta, not not If you shecht it out in the field, don't bring it into town on a pole uh, or on a yoke with two people. It looks like you're doing like you're doing workday, you know, weekday work. A blind person should not go out with a stick on yantif, right? Because it looks like uh, looks like work. Interesting. You wouldn't say that logically, right? I mean that he shouldn't go out the. the with a stick, even on Shabbos, I think there's a head to for him to go out with a stick. It's considered part of his malbush. Um, but uh, he says what this Bryce says that a blind person shouldn't go out with his makel because it looks like uvderachol. Below a robe tamiro, and a shepherd should not go out with his satchel. Vein yotz and and they shouldn't go out on a chair. You know, like a litter that they carry people. Two people they carry other. They carry a person sitting on a chair. No, they shouldn't go out those things because it's like uvderachol. So you shouldn't do those. Uh, you shouldn't do those things, right? It's an embarrassing yontif. You're making light of yontif by carrying your satchel or your stick or whatever. So Rav Yaakov Aridi said, Rav Aridi sent the following message. There was an elderly person in our neighborhood. He went out on his litter. If a lot of people need him to come to, come to the base marriage to give his Russia, people need him, he's an important rabbi, then mutter. And rabbis relied that halacha al divrei achi shakya, that was his name, achi shakya, the Omar, I took Rafuna from Mehina Lashine from one city to another, close by within Tum Shabbos, back and forth. I took him out there, and as I carried him, I took from Shmuel Mishamshel Tula from the sun into the shade and Mitul Shamsha. The point is that you see that they did take rabbis on litters. So why do you say that you're not allowed to go out? A man or a woman should not go out on a litter, just like a blind person should go out with a stick, and a shepherd shouldn't go out with a satchel. Men and women shouldn't go out on chairs that are carried around. 
the reason it was mutter over there is because it says, They asked the shy, is he allowed? They asked him, Shum and he said, If people need him, it's mutter. That's different. If people need him, he's an important rabbi, then you're allowed to. But otherwise, you shouldn't go out on a chair like that. It's considered uvdurachol. Omler of Nachman le Chama Barada, Shliach Tziyam. He said to Chamarada, who was a Shliach Tziyam, he was a Meshul who used to go to Eretz Yisrael a lot. Kisakism would go up to Eretz Yisrael, go, go roundabout. And as you come from up, go through Lebanon there, near the, near the uh, beach. Kisal Kisalsim, Akif, go around, Vizil, Vizil, Asumadik, go up on the uh, promontory of, of Tyre, of Tzur, meaning go up on the a ladder. It's called like a ladder of Tzur. It was a high, high place near, near the uh, border, I guess near uh, Roshanikra today, but it's a little bit north of Roshanikra. Vizil, Lagavid Rebakavid, go visit Rebakavid, who lives there in this uh, Sulma de Tzur, in this ladder of, of, of Tzur. Uboimene asked him this question, by what do you say about the, the carrying, uh, carrying people out on a chair on Yantif? I'd also lost him when he got there, by the time he got there, Yakubidi had died already. So Kisolik, when he came up to Eretzrol, Ashkeler of Zeki, found a secret for Amalek, Kisamatum, but what do you say about the chair? Amalek, Hachim, or Avami? You can carry the way, but he shouldn't go on the shoulders. What do you mean by that? My Avachlai Kasif, Amar Yosef, Bray the Rubber, Balunki. Alunki is. Uh, you know, some say that it's it's poles and you carry them above your shoulder. But Rashi learns it's where you where one two people are say carrying somebody and each person puts his hand on the other guy's shoulder. And as you put my I put my hand on your shoulder, you put your hand on my shoulder, and then the man that we're carrying sits uh, on our arms. He says that he says that doesn't look right. So you shouldn't do that. In other words, you can carry a person on Yantif if the if the seabird needs him, but carry him where he's closer to the ground. Just he's on a chair and just carry him with both hands. Not that he's sitting high up like on your shoulders by my putting my hands on your shoulder and you putting your hands on my shoulders and having a person sit on top. That's too high up. That's that looks of the chol. Any of Nachman, Rav Nachman Yalta. Rav Nachman allowed his wife Yalta because she was went out in that manner on Yantif. Shani Yalta the Beisa. She was afraid to sit too low. She was afraid she'd fall off. So in a special case, he allowed her to sit on top. On the Shabbos before the Shalosh Regalim, like this coming Shabbos, before Shalosh or last Shabbos rather, right before Shalosh Regalim, um, when they darshan in the Tzibur. So on Mamer and Marzutra, these rabbis, when they darshan, they were carried on the shoulders uh, of the tzibur in order to darshan. Why? Mishum Biyasusa, because they were afraid. In other words, there's a big tzibur there, and they were afraid of falling, so they carried them high up. Um, and some say Mishum Dukhkara tzibur, because there were so many people pushing and shoving that had they sat lower, you know, they carried them at a low distance, they might have been hurt, or it might have been taken a long time, so tzibur, to push them through the crowds. But by lifting them on the shoulders, they were, so to speak, able to carry them from like person to person, and they were able to get to the platform where they had to speak from uh, in a quicker way, and it wasn't a tircha for the tzibur. So in general, we're saying you shouldn't be carried. You couldn't be carried. People shouldn't be carried on Yantif. It's considered of the rachol. But if it's the rabbin sichumlo, there's a shear or something, he has to give a shear, there's an important rabbi, and people need him, and they have to get there, then, then they make an exception, and they can even be carried in this manner on the shoulders. All right, we'll pick it up from the Mishnah tomorrow at the last line of the page. We're holding down on Chaf Hamid Beis. Have a good day, everybody. Call to a good shops.